0: And welcome to LAP Radio Aftershock for the horror show at Extreme Rules. I'm sat really weirdly. I don't like it. The picture's bigger. <laughs> so it's done like that. It's really strange. Anyway, welcome... No, no, you care about that. Uh, welcome to Laws of Pain Radio Extreme Rules Aftershock. Who knows? <laughs> I put a tweet out after this uh, after the show ended and I was just like, well, I've got no idea what I'm going to say. That was a weird one. <laughs> Good news is that I have got a whole uh, string of. I'm just going to check my sounds coming up before I start. Yeah. I anyway, so I'll start with the swamp. I'm going to get into it quickly. Actually, introduce yourself first, Imp. My name is uh, Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and you can follow me on Twitter at the TheDamnImperClap. And I write columns and things for lots of pain, and I've been doing these aftershocks or post show reviews now for just a couple of weeks. So here's Extreme Rules. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> what do I. I don't even know what to, it's not. It's not one of those where it's it was like so horrific. What do I say? It's more genuinely. I don't have words to ex. I don't really have words to talk about my opinion on it because my opinion is pretty kind of just flat. Like there's like there was not much to it. <laughs> like it was things that happened. Uh, when we get to the I work. I do the order slightly differently. I'll talk about the main event and then work my way down the card to the beginning of the show. Because this is getting me about the order. Uh, but it, yeah, it was a really weird show when I say weird it, as in it was so bizarre in terms of the build up in terms of what we were delivering that when it happened like it turns out like WWE Bizarre is just like uh like it's, it's not bizarre in a super interesting way it's bizarre in a kind of flat way <laughs> it's just kind of like oh it was a bit crap yeah uh, that's how I explained a lot of the show there was some generally good stuff in it and like overall there were some parts I really really enjoyed like Sasha Banks-Bailey Banks, well, Sasha Banks and Bailey, they're my favourite acts in Do We Do right now. But Sasha Banks' match against Asuka in particular, like, that was just. I was really enjoying that match until the finish happens. But uh, whilst compared to how it ended, the swamp fight, uh, I've seen a general consensus kind of on Twitter as well that I think we're in the same position. I thought it was fine, but I didn't really get much from it. No, I really enjoyed the uh, Firefly Funhouse. I remember at the time. I can. I brought up David Lynch, as a because um, I, I I'm trying to go back. to it. It's it been a while since I watched the Firefly Funhouse. But if I remember rightly, the point I was making was David Lynch is like, Lynch is like a master of making you go, Oh, isn't it? Isn't there mystery behind those eyes? Look at those eyes. Isn't there mystery behind those eyes? For you know, there's absolutely nothing behind them. <laughs> there's nothing to it. But he makes you believe there might be something there, regardless of if there is or not. And the Swamp fight, and it feels ridiculous to be (laughs) comparing these two worlds, Uh, but the Swamp fight didn't even ask the question, really. It more put forward that they might be a question, and at times, like, is it meant to be a deeper thing here? But nothing was ever asked, really. Things happened, and we had Bray telling you that he's going to try and turn... To destroy, Braun's going to have to kill the monster he's become. And I guess that's the deepest it went. Braun Strowman having to fight against his past, in a way, and and Bray Wyatt trying to break down this monster creature he's become. This is not meant to be him. This is not meant to be his path. He's not to be, at this point, success he's earned. He's not meant to be here. That's that's the peak of it. That feels like TV build-up kind of levels of stuff compared to what we used to with Bray Wyatt, where you get the TV levels of build... Maybe it gets more and more intriguing as he gets closer to the pay-per-view. Then the pay-per-view hits, and he gets something kind of out there and strange. Was it Was that? But there wasn't much to it. <laughs> it's the first time I've watched a Bray Wyatt thing on on a pay-per-view, specifically on a pay-per-view, and I've just kind of felt like there wasn't much to it. Uh, like the Five Life at the point I was trying to make with the David Lynch comparison, as ridiculous the comparison is, the point I'm trying to make is, it at least posed the question. Made you, uh, did that did that question thing where it's like asking, oh, uh, isn't there some mystery behind this? Oh, isn't there some intrigue behind it? At least it asked that question, <laughs> which, even if the answer is no, not really, but it at least asked the question. Here, there was no such thing. There's no intrigue. There's no thing to kind of lead me into it. I just kind of watched it and yeah, things happened. I have got a run through of what happened as well. I'm going to go through that in a second. I, I just want to say, uh. I'm going to be plugging a lot of pain on wrestling headlines.com. want to go there for your latest wrestling uh, news. Uh, we've got all the results blind up on the site as well in like a massive post as usual. Uh, Tito's got a column up like ASAP as well. Like old school Tito managed to bash out of you for this one. Uh, assuming what helps is the early finish time. Uh, for me in particular, that's something it that really, really helps. It's really nice that I'll be live regardless when the show finishes. So when it finishes at half past two, oh, moi, I've had like... I'd say like 25 minutes I've had to get everything like nice and ready and set up and things and that's, that's great for a British person <laughs> to have that amount of time and freedom to do that. I'm looking to the side. I've only just realised I didn't check if I turned my charger off my laptop because I'm doing that from this. Lockdown rules are still in effect. That's <laughs> so I'm in lockdown scenario. Anyway, let's go through the run-through for this match whatever it was that's happened or don't really know <laughs> as I go through it. Uh, if anybody live is sending in uh, details or whatever, so can... Where I've got my notes on my laptop. I can't see uh, how many live live <laughs> or anything. So I guess that's a massive. I find that a massive benefit. I can just rattle on if anything pops up in my peripheral vision, <laughs> and then I can address it. If not, power through. Again, I'm learning how to do this. Still, only a couple of weeks of the video live stream with me and my. 3 a.m. hair, which it, it's not. It's not awful. <laughs> it's been worse. Anyway, I'm bloody tangenting on. So the main event was the swamp fight between Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, if you could call it that, whatever it was. So we kicked we kicked that off with Braun arriving in his truck with his muscles and his army cap to uh, Wyatt patiently waiting in his rocking chair. The lights go out outside. <laughs> Weird thing number one, uh, and the man's gone. Uh Let the Adventure Begin. Uh, there's a sign on there's like Yee, uh, ye ye or you enter here I oh, he can't speak. Ye who enter here uh, abandon all hope. And of course Braun Strowman throws the rocking chair at it, like ah in pure anger. But you know, less dweeby than me. <laughs> uh, so what does this Wyatt game contain? Masked goons from the woods. Brawn uh, Braun fights them off before getting hit from behind by a spade-wielding black sheep masked Braun. You must defeat your past self, my friend, or something. It's wrestling. Just make hand movements and go, Mind games. <laughs> it's just very Wyatt mind games. It's wrestling. You do something that maybe doesn't make sense and just go, Ooh, Mind games. <laughs> yeah, it works sometimes. Uh, the big man awakens chained to the rocking chair in a cabin uh, as Wyatt makes his way with Ye Oldie Lantern. Uh, Wyatt calls Strowman's success temporary, he can't see where he belongs. Uh, He goes on a full classic Wyatt preach, like, he knows where he's supposed to be. Like, he's there to help Braun. he's got to destroy the monster he has become. And then he ends it with, you want to see something really scary? It's a snake! Ah, not a snake! (laughs) snake. And then we move on to the next thing, (laughs) it's like... I don't know if this was calling back to something I have absolutely no knowledge on, <laughs> but they did the spooky snake and that woke him up. So, again, it's one of these where I didn't. If there was symbolism in this, I didn't catch on to it. I didn't latch on. It just took me straight. I saw myself miming a snake and it looked really weird. But <laughs> okay, so there's. Then we go back to Boris German Awoking. again in a back into the field kind of area. But there's a fire there now and he fights off the goons. One of those goons is not wearing the mask. That goon gets set on fire, and just kind of runs around and ah, and then runs away. Then the Wyatt mind games with Strowman continue as he sees Alexa Bliss kind of dressed a bit like Sister Abigail in that way, and to say you know you want to be with me, Braun. With flashbacks of the mixed match challenge, it's like yeah, mixing some the past world of Braun Strowman, including as everything as much as we can. That's, again. I think I like, way back when I was w- writing weekly columns based on like all the wrestling U.S. wrestling shows, like all four of them. Um, when I was doing that, I was kind of calling uh, Bray Wyatt like the Humpty Dumpty of the of the WWE. I was fixing like, all of the damage done over the past couple of years and like the continuity plasterer, <laughs> like linking everything back together. No matter how much it was like just quickly dropped or didn't really work or make sense, it's like no Bray Wyatt. Makes the nonsense make sense and fit into the world. He did it with the karaoke thing earlier. It's like, wasn't that stupid? Eh? This, with a little nod to it uh, in the show earlier. But here it was the nod to the Annex of Bliss and Braun Strowman working together in the Mixed Match Challenge. It's like, yeah. This Humpty Dumpty continuity demon <laughs> once again comes back. And uh, Patches do doo doo we back together again. I went through the metaphor, sure. <laughs> so it was a... Does a nice little mix of like a mixed match challenge callback with like the fan theory, sister Abigail, spooky spook, get <laughs> it kind of all put together. Uh, Wyatt attacks out of the smoke though. Uh, Braun catches him and choke slams him onto a wooden boat that happened to be there. And uh, Wyatt is then sent away by Braun, but the boat returns and it's empty. Oh, where's Wyatt? He's in the water. Uh, Braun, and then you have a brawl in the water. Uh, Braun only just fights him off. Climbing onto the wooden pier, only for Wyatt to be there again. They brought onto shore to like a open hut area, uh, and uh, Wyatt attacked him with an axe handle. No, a literal axe handle. Not your hands high together, you nerd. <laughs> uh, and then he says to Braun, "Look what you made me do, Braun." Uh, Braun laughs. Braun uh, well, laughs. Wyatt laughs at the big lad, uh, but ends up getting booted off into the water. Braun looks on and says, "It's over." We get the corner logo, but it doesn't fade to black. Instead, of sticking on the man looking into the swamp. And again, I didn't buy it. And then when I looked on Twitter, like, I just saw quite a few people posting. that like, ah, oh, has the end of the show's mark at the end just lost its sting now? Which has been done too many times, has it? But uh, Wyatt's hand comes out of the water and drags Strowman in. Uh, the two are under, and we get shots of red water. The Fiend visors. We go off air with the fiend's laughter ringing to a slow zoom onto the fiend's face. And that's how we end the show. That is it. And he's kind of left <laughs> like, okay then. So is the intrigue that Strowman might come back as something else, as in he's the latest person to be reverted to something by Wyatt. And the intrigue here is... I'm trying to think of what they were trying to go for it. So, because normally there's like a... Well, that was weird. What happens next? Kind of thing. But with... Strowman, I don't, I'm not getting that. <laughs> it's like... He got dragged into the water. And I joked with... Uh, and in the uh, Lords of Pain radio preview for its, uh, for Aftershock, which went up yesterday, I made a joke <laughs> to uh, Stephanie Chase about what if it's the water is like the water... But the Hardy compound, like the reinc- Lake of Reincarnation... And you've come back out of something else. That seems to happen. <laughs> I saw, saw the boat. I did in my head go, ah, dilapidated boat. <laughs> I did, and I was just thinking, oh, they've done that water thing again, essentially. And he's the demon in the water and or in the swamp. And then Strowman transforms into something else when he's pulled into the swamp. I don't know. <laughs> that's my thing with this. I'm not taking much away from it. Like with, with the Wrestlemania one I could go back and look Well, What they're trying to say with this bit What they're trying to say with that bit This one it didn't really feel like there was any depth to it um, Like To be fair with the one at Wrestlemania When you did de- dig into it That's where as I said They asked the question But there wasn't really much to the answer Whilst here they didn't even get to asking you the question The intrigue was never really set up You just saw things happen They told you <laughs> The motivations in a way for what they were planning to do then it was a broad type thing. I didn't get much from it. <laughs> That's, I guess, my thing as well. I just didn't get much... It turns like a wrestling fan as well. It wasn't much to pop you either. Uh, again, in the preview, we were predicting... Would there be moments to pop us? What references would they be? I was thinking there would be references galore in this thing. Would I did say we'd get Black Sheep Strowman. <laughs> That's the one thing I got right. Uh, but I wasn't expecting it to kind of just be a quick thing like it was. I... I mean, at that point, I still had relatively high hopes. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Another mind-tricky thing, like John Cena, can go back over Strowman's career. And they kind of did that. It just felt like in a much lesser interesting way. Which, I guess the way they did it fits the Bray Wyatt character, that, that version, where he was very ranty and rambly and would just go on and explain everything. But that means that the segment isn't that interesting. Like, the big bulk time portion... Was why it's rant that got the biggest. That was the biggest segment in the entire thing. Was why it's uh, preach. I guess rant's not the right word. It was his preach to Strowman. Yeah, <laughs> not that. The it does mean to watch. It wasn't that exciting. Wait, and then they had the big brawl in the swamp. Oh, I come to the pier. I'm trying to think if I've missed anything, and if I have, it's because of writing notes. But I didn't get much out of it. And that's from somebody who loved the Funhouse, who's loved the Bray Wyatt character from, uh, as it's been, who's loved the kind of slight character tweet where he was now changing people. Uh, it's like, yeah, like I've thought I've it out before, saying that WWE are normally one of those who will do something and then they'll fix it later or correct the story arc or correct something. Uh, they're pretty good at editing in post. guess <laughs> another way to put it. Um, and I've been fine with the tweets of that for The Fiend, like the editing in post, as you could say. Like, in, ne- in a few episodes down the line, the things start to make sense type of thing, like there was a plan all along, compared to somewhere where you can tell there was a plan all along, because the hints to it would be there earlier on. Which is the... I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't get much from it, and then as soon as it ended, I was just thinking, well, I've got to go live soon, and I've got no words. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. It's It just happened, and I guess that's the... It turns out like it does of a review. The worst kind of, I guess, review for a thing is if it's nothing, essentially. you got no emotion out of you. And so when it ended, it just ended, and again, I didn't have any emotion towards it. Which is the worst kind of feeling. <laughs> so when I'm saying I didn't know what I was going to say when it came live, that's why I don't have much to say, because it didn't really give me much to... I, I don't know <laughs> I'll just okay, I guess I'll move on it's, it's kind of disappointing but yeah, I was expecting it was definitely weird it definitely had some callbacks but it's one of those where I felt like I didn't really there wasn't really much to it and I didn't get much out of it I guess the biggest the only kind of pop moment I got was the Electro Bliss because I thought that was like that was everything for me that was the one kind of clever bit where for, you need more than one you need more than one kind of, oh, yeah, and what's it building to? It's just building to a ball gets booted in, then he gets pulled into the swamp. Story, again, I'm assuming story being that he is going to break down the monster Braun Strowman, and when we see him next on Smackdown, he'll be something else. Or will he be a follower of Brave I don't know. Is it at least created intrigue in that way, where he can use it to then set up something? But the, it is essentially set up. So to end a pay-per-view on setup is a little bit kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean WWE like quite often this kind of pay-per-view like the last one before SummerSlam in this area is kind of fine and I guess Extreme Rules falls into that like weirdly I had a very strong I guess like Cyber Sunday <laughs> kind of feel where there were I don't know it's kind of like things happening but it never felt like this was a big deal of a show So that's why I always got from Cyber Sunday it was like yeah it was an event that happened but it never felt like a big deal like, it was a bit of fun, it was a bit wacky at times, a little bit different. Which, obviously, I'm using very lightly when talking about Cyber Sunday. <laughs> we hear those words take on quite a stronger meaning. So I think it's time to move on. Yes. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm really sad I've got not got more to say. Like I'd like to go on for ages about this. I guess I kind of have. <laughs> i spent ages talking about how I'm disappointed I don't have anything to talk about. I guess that is me having something to talk about. Oh, but yeah, anyway. Let's move through to the uh, previous match as we go backwards through the card. Uh, match number six of the night, Dolphy's Choice, uh, which turned out to be extreme rules for Dolph Ziggler only. McIntyre can't get DQ'd or anything outside the rules of a standard WWE match. Uh, this was for the WWE Championship, and yes, between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. A pretty fun bout? Like I was never invested, so this was like a little buffer between the min- women and the main event for me. Uh, both of these are bloody great wrestlers with a decent, like, against the odds fight for the champion. Uh, perfectly summed up at a point where McIntyre was on top and Ziggler kicked the lad right in the dick. <laughs> like, different rules for different wrestlers. Some of you will hate this. <laughs> I thought, ah, I mean, really, it's just, it's classic heels advantage. Like, a hero having to fight back against the odds so, with, that are so firmly in the baddies' favour. That's just kind of how I saw it as. And,. I guess if you're a stickler for, ball oh, but the rules, <laughs> then this, make, this pay-per-view, just ignore this pay-per-view. Don't watch this pay-per-view, <laughs> if, that, uh, if, if that's the thing. If for some reason you're watching me instead of the pay-per-view, and that's one of your things, yeah. It's not the show for you. As <laughs> I'll get to with the match figures. Uh, but, like, like Ziggler McIntyre tried, but with the win never in doubt, I just wasn't able to get into it. Like, perhaps I was still recovering from the past two match endings compounded on top of each other. Like, Eye for an Eye and Banks vs Ascot, like, those two endings. Which you'll understand. <laughs> if you've not seen the show, you'll understand in a second when I get to them. But yeah, like, the match was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. It was it was fine. Like, I'm not saying it was awful. Like, Ziggler uh, able to chop down the champion fast thanks to his unique rules, whilst McIntyre was having to do more and more to snatch back momentum. Uh, like, Mr. Ziegler's quite literally elevated his offence, too. Like, launching off the corner post onto a table-prone McIntyre on the outside, leading to the Scott having to struggle back to the ring before the 10 count, while Ziggler could just sit there at ringside and wait for it to happen. And because it was also, as I've said at the, when I was reading up the rules, that meant, in terms of the outside of the standard WWE rules, that meant that if Ziggler, if McIntyre were to get counted out or disqualified, he would lose the championship. So, added tension and it was all against the odds. Zigler had all of the odds in his favour. Like, Ziggler increased... Uh, so I think it was Rich Lassa. Ah. Oh, think Rich Lassa on Twitter. <laughs> I have to give him a shout out and hopefully not misquote somebody else. He worded it as uh Ziggler the first man to lose when he brought a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> it's just that the the, oh, the, oh, the heel type of thing. Like, isn't it just it's kind of a, I'll call it a cartoony like messy thing, I don't mean that as a slight. As in, it's the, oh, the heel has all the advantage, oh, what's he like? Ugh, silly heel gets outdone by the heart of the hero. Like, over the match, Ziggler became increasingly frustrated at not being able to keep Drew down. Uh, no matter how many chairs, signature manoeuvres, what have you, the champion just wouldn't stay down. Uh, in the end, Ziggles counts down to hit the super kick just like Drew does his Claymore, but instead is clattered with the Claymore. One, two, three, the champion retains. Yeah, it was decent. Like, I'm not going to remember it, <laughs> but sure, yeah, it was decent. Like, more importantly, McIntyre retains, he rolls on to SummerSlam. Even if he's running out of opponents, he's been a great champion. And that's what this match kind of felt like to me. It's get him to SummerSlam, give him a decent match, give him a decent win. He's overcame all the odds, he's shown his heart, and you move on. But so, yeah. Like, personally, I in terms of like, if you're building the card up with investment level... This match I would have put before the... I would have put the women's match on last. Uh, even with the finish. Just because I was so into it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. McIntyre returning against Ziggler. Was never in doubt. I struggled to get invested. Had some cool spots, some cool moments. The story, the typical story of the hero having to come against a villain who's got all the odds in his favour. It was fine, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with it. I just didn't care. <laughs> it's just... Um, I get... Again, the, with the last two matches as well. And how uh, Asker Banks finished, which I'll get to in a second. But by the time the Swamp Match ended, I, I didn't really care for Ziggler McIntyre, even though it was decent. And the Swamp Match just didn't hold my interest or give me much to dig into or care about. So I, the show ended just a bit flat. So I was like, oh, that's a shame. When it, again, the build-up was... The show felt mental going in. Like, what are they going to do? This is going to be pure nonsense. I'm ready for nonsense. And I got... Uh, i got nonsense, but not the kind I of wanted. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. Uh, anyway, winding back once again. Like, I've, not got more, I've not got anything more to say to on the championship match. It's a nice little build. Move on. The Raw Women's Championship at uh, Asuka versus Sasha Banks. The match I was most looking forward to. Like, it was quite the swing <laughs> from the previous match in Mysterio versus Rollins to this one. Like... Both these characters are awesome, both these wrestlers are awesome, this feud has just been awesome. Like, easily my favourite thing going in WWE right now, like, this was my main event. Like, hell, like it might well have done so outside of a pandemic world where the cinematic matches are not main eventing shows. Because like, in all likelihood they're not going to end a pay-per-view in real life with a cinematic match. Because we've seen before how the cinematic kind of thing works where the crowd just get bored. This is gonna. Count, it's kind of similar, but it was like the match itself. Such an entertaining back and forth. Neither really managing a full grasp of momentum. Like such an awesome pace to the match. Like cocking it in as like one of the longer matches on the show. Like the thing absolutely flew by for me. At least I think it was. Uh, like everything was so smooth, wrestling at such a pace, no wasted momentum, with the match constantly moving into that next gear. Like so many counters, meaning neither had control. Uh, both entirely focused on the competition, like, no waste of motion, as I said, with both going straight for the pinfalls after knocking their opponent down. Like, the final third for me was where it kicked into uh, incredibly awesome gear. And, like, third, final third? Mostly. For most of the final third. Like, bang, like, for me, it was when, the moment Banks landed on her feet after the top rope German suplex uh, from the top, where she tweaked the knee. Meaning that when she tried to follow up with a drop kick off the second rope, she slipped on the knee, tweaking it further. And then a, there's a weak point now. For, and Asuka can target that weak point and then use that to maybe get into the Asuka or something. But with Asuka on top, running interference from Bailey, Kyrie failed to stop her, eating a Bailey, Bailey, a Bailey belly. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Uh, to the outside. Um, and then you got the title distractions, just like we got on SmackDown or Raw or both. NXT, that's where we definitely saw it. All leading to the referee being accidentally hit with the mist by Asuka during a pandemic. Just note that <laughs> Bailey then hits Asuka with another title, and Bailey pulls the referee's shirt off, puts it on, counts the pin, shouts at the poor timekeeper to ring the bell, grabs the titles. The two leave with the, all the belts as the commentators talk up the confusion. Now, uh. Just send a second ref down to say no, you're not a ref. Done. <laughs> That's that done. And then I know it completely destroys what they're going for. But I guess if you get caught with a quick roll-up or something, I don't know. It's not a finish what I would have wanted. I wouldn't have gone for this anyway. Just have Asuka pinner. <laughs> it's a the way uh, they want to continue the feud. And of course, like, in Imps Wrestling World, if you do this match on pay-per-view, you have a you put someone over. Whilst well, this does, this ending continues to feel without putting anybody over, uh, like on Raw, um, they're very likely to sell that as no, she's not champion. But why was why why didn't the second ref? It makes no sense. It's one of the things where if you peel back, you peel it back a little bit, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but if you look at it kind of like straight on, of oh, well, maybe on Raw they'll explain that she's no, she's not champion. She's just taking the belts. But then it just immediately to me begs the question of well, why I didn't do anything on the night? Why wait until the night after? It's For me, it's plot point rather than... It's an inaction for the plot convenience rather than this is how the world works. It once again goes against how the world works with how we've seen the world work before. So you've got to forget how it works because now it doesn't for this particular occasion. <laughs> Which I feel like a bit like a nerd when that happens, but... Yeah. Again, for me, the commentators were talking up the confusion... Where it's just like no, there's multiple fixes for this, just to like no because they're not that's not the rules, and the rules, yeah. End of, <laughs> like, I was really enjoying the match as well. Like, I was enjoying the match so much, and the ending was so 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 crap. <laughs> I just it just again just took me out of it, and from this point on, I was kind of taken out of the pay per view. Didn't really care into it. Uh, the match before did a job to kind of just take me out of stuff. So I'm going to get back in focus for this match, which they managed to do because both Asuka and Sasha Banks are amazing. Carrie Sane and Bailey also amazing. Like, everybody around, like, in this match, i was so into it because I'm so into all of the characters, all of the wrestlers. Like, I genuinely, like, really care about what was going on. And I think I said it before, don't ever get... My rule is <laughs> I shouldn't get Invested in WWE because their booking style is not for me if I get invested in anything. I'll just get burned and I guess this was another reminder (laughs) Even though I'm really enjoying Asuka and Sasha Banks With their feud it's gonna get WWE booked and that's exactly what happened here (laughs) She's like just put someone over Or at least have it you can have a match end in a way where you don't have to do this I don't know I'm not a massive fan of the super convoluted booking and I guess if you're going for that Attitude Era style of confusing lots of stuff happening, ending. So, uh, I've, I've said it before, I personally, like, I never watched during the Attitude Era, and for me, the best thing's moved on from then. And you can take some jokes from it, but go- taking directly still and trying to produce it like something from that era, where the fans have moved on. A lot of the fans have moved on. Like you're not going to get me, somebody who didn't watch the Attitude Era, in with that style of booking, because I didn't watch at that point. It doesn't do anything for me. There's a whole lot of people they're not appealing to, <laughs> which sucks. Because I loved, the- I was enjoying the match so much, and I was- had it down in my notes. Right, this is match of the night. I'm truly enjoying this. I'm enjoying it so much. But then it's kind of just the ending, just kind of took it away from me. I guess the one match on the show that I enjoyed from start to finish that didn't have any nonsense I guess like the first two matches so because the first one had tables in it I guess that one wins like the opening match was a fun opener and I wouldn't put it as anything more than fun opener but that's what it was it was fun opener and therefore you kind of you inject the energy and that's what it did its job and there's somehow because of how the rest of the show went up it ended up as my match of the night when it should have been Sasha Asker Banks Sasha Sasha Asker Banks Proof it's half past three in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, again, the match itself, up until the ending, was right up there for me. And it felt like the kind of ending where all the nonsense starts to happen, but the face stays in, the face keeps going. And if the Rasha and shenanigans where Bailey does that, no, she gets called out for it and she gets kicked out and then he continues with the match. Like, it felt like that beat, but they chose to end it on that beat. Where, mostly because I'm assuming they want to do the match again at SummerSlam. It has the detrimental effect, uh, just like I talked about in the main event, where if it turns out to be set up, that means that the match that is the setup loses a lot of its momentum, a lot of its, like when you look back on it, it's kind of like, eh, uh, and it makes the show feel overall flat. It's like when I give my like show grade at the end, like it fell flat. That's my sentence version. <laughs> the show fell flat, and in the in my in my preview with, um, I can't remember if Stephanie agreed or not but in my pre- in the preview, I was just saying that this match for me was like this cannot go badly wrong. I just remember she did agree. <laughs> in my match, in my match prediction, I was like this: they can't possibly do this badly. Just have them go out, wrestle, done. This match will be match of the night, <laughs> and then my expectations going in, and I was ready for it. I was excited for it, and as the match was going on, I was really really into it. And then nope, they found a way. <laughs> my stamp of this can't possibly go wrong, like incorrectly used to <laughs> just save my ink it's so, oh, such a shame I was enjoying the match so much and then they did that at the end and the just like oh. I mean I guess that's why you're doing it but it's the booking again that I just don't I'm not a fan of so yeah oh well shenanigans happened and for me that was the perfect point to then kick into a because I call it like the final third you can kick into a final fourth of the match like the, a sudden last five minutes where the last ten minutes were great but these last five have really kicked in so oh, that's for me. That's the that's the uh, holy point, <laughs> and I feel like if after all this shenanigan stuff, the match had continued or gone into another final five minutes afterwards, where it's just the two on one on one together. But then I also understand that that's not what they want to do. They want to keep the match going, not give you a definitive winner. But it's on pay per view. That's what the difference is for me. maybe I view pay per views differently. This 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 ended up being a setup pay per view. And I guess the the good thing is it's only two and a half hours long. <laughs> so hooray! Uh, get your energy jinx out for SummerSlam, August twenty fourth. <laughs> get ready. Uh, those shows. Well, I mean, they've done quite well with shortening the shows as it is, but oh, don't want four hours. <laughs> no, no, no. The, finishing half two. That was lovely. Get to go to bed like way before my eyes get extremely blurry. Where I can still read my notes. <laughs> anyway. It's time. Let's flip and do it. <laughs> eye for an eye. Seth Rollins versus Vay Mysterio. I'd heard special effects. Uh, how they're going to do that? I'd heard something about CGI. And the only point which I reckon, which was thought was it CGI, was Seth Rollins. where he, he he's going to puke when <laughs> he did that at the end. Um, I guess that's the only thing because I don't particularly want to watch it back. The uh, I predict the ping pong ball eye. I. I predict the ping pong ball eye on a string. But you predict ping pong ball eye, you get what you deserve. <laughs> I, I, I keep forgetting about my superpowers. <laughs> so I've got to stop predicting things because <laughs> they keep happening. Uh, but oh, somebody did the half. I think it's half white, half red uh, lollipop things you can get. So <laughs> just yeah. It was way... I had a very low bar as it was. <laughs> My low bar was ping pong ball and eye on a string. What I got was a fake eye which looked like it could have been a ping pong ball, just held onto a face. I think that's worse. <laughs> I don't know. At least mine contained some kinetic excitement. Whilst this one was just, ah, ah. Oh, it's, it's bad. If you've seen the photo, it's pretty bad. Uh, Not in terms, obviously, I don't mean bad as in, oh, it was so gory and horrific. Like, it was like just rubbish. It's one of those where you question, like, in terms of like target audience stuff, a kid might have been fooled by that and might generally be in bed right now freaked out. (laughs) Maybe a kid. But anyone older than that? I don't even know if it could be that old a (laughs) kid. Just because it was so laughably fake. Uh, yeah, but I was promised CGI, not promised CGI. I was rumoured CGI, and I didn't get it. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my low bar was beaten. <laughs> I think that's my assumption of this. That's my review of this match. I had a low bar, and that low bar was beaten. So yeah. So, yeah. but but I will just say about the wrestling itself, it was some great wrestling around a pretty stupid stipulation, like. I'm assuming I wasn't meant to laugh at the ending. But I did. It's, uh, with a with a match where the stipulation is, the only way to win is to extract your opponent's eyeball. Like, ugh. Like, again, on the preview on Thursday, I... Like, we were saying that no matter how great the match effort's beforehand, like, because of the match stipulation, we're essentially just tuning in for the one thing. We're tuning in to see... How are you going to gouge an eye out? <laughs> How are you planning to get out of this really weird corner you've written yourselves into where there was absolutely no need to do it? <laughs> multiple, multiple occasions to just veer a little bit out so you could didn't have to go so weird or do something so strange. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Uh, all good matches start with villainous pliers. <laughs> and, oh my God, he's got pliers. Uh, sneak attacks and commentator serious voice all in one package. Like, really, this wasn't the easiest match for me to take seriously. Like, as soon as they're doing the ser- commentator serious voice for pliers and then Raymond's doing a sneak attack, <laughs> just like I'm not going to let this villain get on top of me. Oh, God, both of my eyes are such <laughs> Like, it was, like, with both the lads grabbing weapons as their opponents, as they did that with it, and their opponents repeatedly uh, tapped the square button to fight them off as they're doing that, to get them off it. Like, they they had a match as well. They had the, like, they're doing like frog splashes, Falcon Arrow is a nice fro- Falcon O onto the ri- ring apron. Uh, the stall was awesome as well, which I don't normally point out tiny things like that, but it's just the fact when Rollins... Was about to. He held him up high, and the ref and the commentary was good at that moment. It was like, oh, like, oh god, no! What's he gonna do? And then slams him down. That bit that worked. They they had a. They tried to do a genuine match, like spinning DDTs, and all all sorts of stuff, like. But when all this has happened, I'm thinking, but they can only win by gouging their opponent's eyeball. <laughs> so you're yeah, having this nice wrestling match, but you're gonna then return to the violent bit, uh, and it's weird. i really enjoyed the wrestling bits. And sometimes the eye bits had tension, and sometimes it was just a bit weird, like especially when it was, let's do wrestling, let's do eye bit, let's do wrestling, like that kind of flow. When it went back between those, was a bit odd. When it stuck with one and stuck with it, that's when it was a little bit better. Like, I guess if you hit some confidence, there were some cool spots, like in the especially in this in the wrestling match p- middle section, like Mysterio with two, I guess, uh, suiciders into sunset power bombs that sent Rollins into the barricade. Uh, and he did that both times. That was great, especially... It was great once, but then to do it again, it's like, oh, yeah, just nailed it both times. And the story was like, Mysterio was just as relentlessly going after Rollins' eye as the villain was going after his. Uh, like, like, after he, after those sunsets, he grabbed, uh that Snapshot half kendo stick and tried to grind it into the eye of Rollins. And then Rollins was trying to repeat the steel step spot because he's the villain with Ray fighting him off. And the first time I was like, hmm, what are, they gonna, what are you doing here? <laughs> was, uh, we got the, I guess, the ultra-close spot where Rey was pushing Volin's face right up against the steps. and which, The one where I said Rollins then end low-blowed him. Because it's kind of like, he went up against the corner of the steps and they stayed on it, which is very rare for WWE. Because I often comment about how they quick cut way too much and I definitely felt it in the Bailey Nicky Cross match. Where there's so many cuts, and the cuts don't add anything apart from an increased pace. And more often than not, the action in the ring doesn't have that pace. <laughs> so it doesn't warrant it. Like you do, If you're doing a quick cut to increase the pace, it's got to at least match the action that's happening. So you heighten it rather than disorientate me from it. As in, you can't be telling your own story with the camera work. Um, but with... They stayed with it on the eye thing and that worked. It's just in terms of building up the tension, you stay with it, it's like, oh god, are you gonna do this? What what are you going to do here? It's just in my head I was like, well if it with CGI, what do they do? <laughs> if you, if they stay on it, what are they going to do? As the cut already happened and there's already a thing there and that's what we get. I was my expectations were way too high. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. <laughs> If in my head I'm thinking, oh, have you already put the prop there? And we might get in like an in the art, still in the, like a lens kind of thing. Or like a face covering where they've put makeup on or something. And it's a, I'm expecting way too high end. <laughs> in my head, picturing Hollywood level covering over the face where you couldn't really tell, but it's like a weird, grossy thing. Uh, and he didn't have to show much of it. But uh, my expectations were way too high. <laughs> and what we got. Was again, he holds a a ball onto his face. That wasn't the spot. I'm just say, because <laughs> it wasn't Rollins, but that's that's when it's, I started to think. Oh wait, how the, how are they actually going to do this? I was intrigued when they were staying on it. It's like, oh uh, no, <laughs> no, bring down your expectations. <laughs> it's, no, not at all. Um, the villain then got on top after kicking Rey Mysterio in the balls, uh, and he was then down. Uh, I, th- I can't remember what happened with the curb thing, and then. He drags uh, Ray to the steps as Ray shouts, "No, no, please don't! No, no, no!" Like trying to sell the genuine fear. Uh, Rollins tries to push him closer to the steps. Uh, I'll be honest; the tension that was building as they fought each other off wasn't half bad. Like as I said, once they picked a tone and stuck with it—be that cool wrestling stuff, be that trying to build up tension as they're teasing, doing the final bit—that wasn't that bad. But there's a million less silly stipulations you can achieve that with. (laughs) You can do, you get that same feeling, that same teasing the thing happening feeling, without it being this. Okay. Anyway, so the villain succeeds uh, with the pushing in his eye type of thing, but he doesn't seem to know whether he succeeded or not. I kind of see him hesitating of, oh, is he going to follow up with a curb stomp to properly end it? And he, he kind of stutters a bit backwards, then he closes in. And then he sees what he's done, and he's shook at just the violence of the thing that he's managed to do. Uh, the ref jumps on top of Ray, who's asking for help. Rollins, just completely shook, goes to the side and pukes. He's gonna puke! Uh, then we get the shot, and Mysterio is clutching an hilariously fake eye onto his face. But it's played off super seriously, like it's the grossest thing ever. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, why do I watch wrestling again? <laughs> like, uh, you predict the ping pong ball eye, you get the ping pong ball eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, these that pre- like, these podcast superpowers are dangerous. <laughs> Be careful with your predictions. So, ah, uh, and I had a low bar, but it wasn't passed. So, well, uh, say the sequence of events. It was both odd and not. Uh, I want I to say not awful. Like, if they're trying to build up the horror of the thing they've done. The issue is... It's such a cheap and bad prop... That all the build falls flat. <laughs> as soon as the thing happens. Like, personally... Maybe just a... Like, if you're going to do that... Don't do the eye. If you're going to do it this way... Just the blood pack... And he's holding it on his face. Maybe that's all you needed. Just for this type of thing. But to actually... Try and show the eye; it just it looked awful. <laughs> it just looked so bad. Uh, and uh, you know what? I think I prefer. Yeah, Stephanie Chase had an idea on Thursday to Uh dude who's got a glass eye. <laughs> he did something with that. Uh, and uh, I think I preferred that. <laughs> he said something. Oh, that's cl- cl- close to my ping-pong ball. I can do a spot where it just flies. Uh, obviously, it makes no sense because you'd have to actually have it, or at least you can. Do a camera angle. D- I don't know. <laughs> I thought this was awful. Oh. They backed themselves into a corner. You know, let's just do this interesting stipulation, and it's, it's different. It'll get it generated intrigue. Like I, I'm, I'm seeing on Twitter, a lot of people tuned into this show just to see how they get out of this and how they do it. And the answer was quite like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, as I said, with a show like this, with all the build and the bizarreness to it, when it aired, it just kind of fell flat and was just responded with, ah, okay. All right, and Cool, (laughs) it was, uh, yeah, it was a very strange one. Yeah, this one, and that was kind of the tone for this show. Like, oh, it was fine, it was weird, cool. (laughs) I call it there were two halves of this show one half where the pay per view was building nicely, like your regular pay per view, and then the second half where just got weird and the endings for uh, everything kind of either fell flat or was just strange or laughable. Or, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was really strange. Uh, but again, Seth Rollins and Ray Mysterio can wrestle together. Uh, later on, we did get a Charlie Caruso outside Rey Mysterio's... Uh, Rey Mysterio gets checked on by the Doctor, and they were saying, oh, he's been uh, taken to hospital, but or they, uh, as long as the nerve's perfectly fine, they'll be able to put the eye, just pop it back in, and it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, like Vader. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. They're trying, again, trying to sell it off as super serious when it looks so hilarious. <laughs> it looks so bad, and they're selling it off as so serious. Like, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not. Why do I like? Why do I watch you? <laughs> when this is one of the biggest things, and I know on Raw, they're gonna have to try and sell the seriousness of it again, and obviously they're sending it as this super disgusting thing. Where again. I don't think I saw one person on Twitter which, uh, in a positive light, or still taken it as a serious light. It was very... bizarre. <laughs> oh. The story that... It's one of those where the story they're telling is meant to be this ultra-violent thing that's happened. Uh, well, I've asked. I did ask, how do you do this in a PG setting? I guess the answer is... One, you don't. <laughs> but two, if you're going to, at least make the prop hilariously bad. So... Like the only people that would buy it would be particularly young. I I wouldn't. I I guess I would say I wouldn't show this to a particularly young child. But again, (laughs) it's so bad. Uh, Anyway, let's move back up the card, and I'll end on a happy note because, as I said, what ended up actually as the match that I enjoyed the most from start to finish with no issue was the opening match of the show. So I'm going to accidentally end on a chirpy note. But I've already been going like quite a while, so try and wrap this up. MVP with Bobby Lashley versus no one. Super quick one this. Apollo Crews not cleared for action. MVP declares himself as the new United States champion. Done. There we go. Out we pop. No pun intended. <laughs> just, I just talked about the i 9 match. With uh, this one, I guess Apollo Crews might come back and you get... A, with The rumour of Apollo Crews might come back and you get a United States Championship double thing. And it's a ladder match. And that's where the new championship is originally, officially crowned. Like MVP declared himself the new champion, but it's not official. I guess a bit like Bailey later. But that's yeah. And then you get the proper fight for it later. That's not actually not much more to add. It's uh, as I said, this pay per view ended up really feeling like a set up pay per view. So a, with a lot of stuff, it's like there's not really much to talk about because this was a setup, a short setup, setup show. Like a B pay-per-view compared to what's due to come at SummerSlam. We're setting us up for the big show. Uh, then we got two matches that I generally enjoyed. We got the uh, Smackers Women's Championship first. Uh, Bailey, the champion, joined by Sasha Banks, her co-women's tag team champion. Versus Nikki Cross, who was joined by Alexa Bliss. So you've got the dynamic of the two heels with all the gold. You've got the person fight with heart. And you've got the friend at ringside who's there to help with the odds. But I love this being placed here on the card, because after the main event it was immediately a match where it's one where I kind of like McIntyre Ziggler, where you're confident in the winner, but you're interested enough in the person who's champion. So there's at least intrigue there, even if you don't super buy the challenger, which for Ziggler McIntyre, for me is like card placement. Where because of those dynamics, for me Ziggler McIntyre is pretty early in the card. Bailey Nikki Cross was the same. And it was early in the card, so I had no wish for it. Like he was perfect for it, and it was a nice precursor for Asuka Banks later in the show. with the Sasha Banks into trying to interfere? Like I do, uh, just want to note. I said it earlier, but I hated the production for this match. Like it was immediately at the start where I really felt like I was getting jolted about. That like, with the additional folks at ringside, I found the cuts so jarring. Like an insane, almost inane amount of cuts, just cutting back and forth. With said cuts, adding nothing but that rapid pace. And it was a rapid pace the action wasn't telling. So the technique and what I'm seeing are not in sync. And I'm just kind of like taken out of it. It's just like, like, the, like you're going the slow, Testing each other out, kind of start to a match, or putting expressions at each other, and it's doing the quick cuts. Like, no. <laughs> the, the pace of the match is not the pace of your cuts. They are against each other at this point. It's just a, a, little, a little production thing. There's absolutely no need to be cutting at that point. You're not adding anything with these cuts. Because um, they're doing, like, doing main shot, close-up, main shot, close-up, ringside, main shot, close-up, main shot, cl- ringside. <laughs> it's like, my God! You can do, I guess... Clo- oh, I'm trying to think. You don't need to do... When you do main shot, close-up, you don't need to go main shot, close-up within, like, three seconds of each other again afterwards. Just... You can do you can stick on one for a bit longer, then cut to the other, stick on that one for a bit longer, then back to the main. Then when you go back to the main, don't do another close-up. Then you can go to the ring you <laughs> So many unnecessary cuts. <laughs> just saying. You don't need to do that amount. Just slow it down. Because that's the point. The match isn't going that quickly. So why would your cuts be that quick and that frantic? It just took me out of it. Anyway, so... Uh, the nerdy rant over. <laughs> if you're not watching before, I did film production at university. These rants happen sometimes. <laughs> There's no need for their production to be as frantic as it is. Sometimes it takes me out of it. A lot of people don't notice, but for me, when you notice, it's really irritating. <laughs> it's really difficult to keep up sometimes. Anyway, uh, in terms of the action itself, Thos awoke Bailey after hitting the swinging net breaker and nearly scoring the pin. Like a very sort of like a quick start to this one. Yeah, perhaps a minor victory for the Scot with her head being slammed into the Plexiglass moments later. But you got the hero nearly sunk, like catching the heel champion by surprise, and then you got the retaliation from the bad guy, completely swinging momentum uh, with the champion on top. The cheeky games from Nikki Cross crept in, like uh, the one I mainly remember: the challenger being in the ring decor or the ringside apron. Uh, Bailey turns her back, and next thing we know, Nikki's popped up. Hit in the ring de court on the other side of the ring. Uh, after. And then Bailey runs across, baseball slides in, and they end up in a brawl back in the ring. If you're right, Bailey hits the belly to belly, so Nikki Cross nearly pays for her cheeky antics, antics, which was kind of like a flow of the match. Like, after each Nikki Cross cheeky trick, Bailey was soon back up trying to stop her. Uh, most of the time successful, but as the match went on, Nikki Cross was more and more successful, uh, in, able to hit more and more offense in a string in a row. Eventually, she did exactly that, hitting a string of offence on the champion, but not able to put her away. Uh, up in the ante with a swinging neck breaker off the apron, uh, but Bailey was still up in the ring. When Nikki Cross rolled her in, she was getting up for those lariats. It's like, yes, Bailey was worn down and needed Sasha Banks to kind of pu- pull her out of the ring after the said lariats were hit, but she was still up to take the lariats in the first place. Like, and uh, with Banks smelling danger, Uh, She jumped up onto the apron, screaming at the referee, who immediately started shouting at her. Uh, Alexa then comes to help even the odds, that's why she's there. But, unknown, she'd already passed the boss nooks to Bailey, who swung a straight punch right into Cross's ribs, and then the... it's like the rose plant, the face... the face plant thing, uh, slamming Cross down onto her head, and Bailey gets the win. Again, for me, second place on the card. Yeah, perfect match for this slot. Perfectly enjoyable and set up the Bailey and Sasha Banks antics, which would come into play in the Asuka Sasha Banks. Uh, even if I wasn't a fan of how it, how that's where it ended, it was at least that moment was at least set up. I have to say, like me personally, they're not successful. Then the match continues. <laughs> it's how I would have done it. Well, of course, that's not the story they want to tell, and my story gives you a definitive winner, which WWE don't really like to do. I guess the other fix is you don't do the title match at this show. You keep it a. a you do the uh, Women's Tag Team title match. You do that here. But, again, I was super interested in um, Sasha Banks' Asuka as soon as it was announced. So, in terms of, in terms of generating interest for the pay per view, it worked. But I don't know. Would I have been just as excited if it was for a Women's Tag Team Championship match instead? For the, uh, uh, with Kari Saint Asuka? I don't know. I want to say yes because I enjoyed the match so much on Raw. Maybe that's a, good, that's a good maybe thing for it. Where one Night Raw, you've got a definitive winner and in asker Banks you just didn't. But at this point of the show, because I'm <laughs> going backwards, but at this point I was perfectly happy and I was like, yeah, keep all the gold, uh, You, what are they calling them? The golden role models, I think. Just to <laughs> it's try to remember. And yeah, I've, yeah I really like them. It's just that the I leave the pay-per-view with a bit of a sour taste or a bit of a Flat taste compared to at this point where I was like I was in and I felt like they've properly set up. Like when I want wrote the notes for this. So like, yeah, they've set this up for later when there's going to be interference in the Banks vs. match, and that's exactly what happened. I, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, positives coming out of Bailey Nicky Cross. Great show for Nicky Cross as well. Potentially her best main roster match. I want to say yes because of course quite often you need time and you, and on uh, WWE TV don't always get a lot of time to show something like this. Uh, anyway. The opening match of the night, which ended up being my match of the night, so we end on a super positive just because of like from start to finish. Like, if, if the ending of Asker Banks is different, that's my match of the night because everything apart from the ending was. But this was the only match where, uh, well, I guess I guess Bailey Nicky Cross, but Bailey Nicky Cross for me was at a much lower level. But from start to finish, this was just enjoyable and it was a good open pay-per-view opening match. It was a tables match for the... Why am I doing that? (laughs) Just brushing the sea of night. Anyway, here's the SmackDown Titan Championships were on the line in a tables match. New Day versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. A fun opener to kick off the show. Fast back and forth and full of tables. People like tables. Uh, Kofi in particular was bringing some cool spots. Uh, Not always to his benefit, mind you. Uh, An awesome running dropkick that sent Shinsuke into the plexiglass... Uh, There was this Zorro strong spot, with him walking across the ring apron, holding Kofi above his head. Uh, And finally, where Big E launched the man over the top rope, only for him to get slammed with an upright table by the baddies. He was throwing himself all over the place. (laughs) Uh, Like like the trust fall. The trust fall always gets me too, where he just jumps and then turns backwards to land on his opponent on the outside. That one always gets me. (laughs) It looks... It's one of those where it both looks awesome. It's like, you madman. I could never do that. So, uh, but yeah, Kofi for me, when I say he was the man of this match, it was purely because he was like seemingly totally willing to be launched about everywhere <laughs> to take everything. Uh, yeah, he he was the crazy one in this one. Uh, the champions in the New Day set up a double table tower on the outside, but the curse. <laughs> you set it up, you go through it. Uh, shortly, uh, after I guess another string of offence, shortly, when they were on top, Kofi then ends up on the like turnbuckle ropes. He stops. Cesaro tries to powerbomb him through, but Kofi halts him, leading to Nakamura to lend a hand for the two-man powerbomb through the tables. And we get new Smackers tag champs. Cesaro and Nakamura win. Uh, the story of the new champions potentially having New Day's number continues. Since you know, had that story already with Sheamus and the Bar, but yeah, just have such good chemistry. It seems like, especially those three, that you put in another really good wrestler. Previously it was Sheamus, now it's Nakamura. You put someone else in there, and you just got four people who are flipping fantastic. Because <laughs> like I was talking about with Banks, Bailey uh, versus the the Kabuki Warriors, that uh, there are four people who are all amazing, and just just let me watch them, just let them do their thing, and I'll totally enjoy it. And that's what this match was. Again, it was fun opener, which really shouldn't be match of the night, but because of, I guess, the like WWE booking, I'll call it, where the endings come into play, and for me, this completely detracted the matches. Like, for me, the two I enjoyed from start to finish with no issue were the two opening matches. And for me, then, I give it to the tables match, because, of course, it was it had a little bit more energy purely because it was a tag team pay-per-view opener. And uh, Tornado tag matches, because, of course, t- tables match, they weren't standing on the opens. In the Tornado Tag Matches, they get quite a bit of, uh, I guess, it's quite chaotic. You get freedom to go anywhere, do anything, do whatever. Yeah. Generally enjoy that opener. It's good to end on a positive on a show which ultimately felt like a B pay-per-view. And I said I'd give my grade and the sentence grade for it is that it felt flat and it kind of fell flat. And when it went off air, I didn't know what I was going to say because I didn't really have much to say about it. Especially the last match with the Swamp Match, but I guess my grade would be a C. It starts off relatively well, it's got some good moments in there, but whatever great wrestling there was, for me kind of just got pulled back as the pay-per-view started to feel more and more like a set-up pay-per-view for the next thing, so this show itself feels less and less needed to be watched. So yeah, Really kind of pulling people in with bizarre stipulations and potential for strange things, and we had to ask a Sasha Banks sort of this could be like your wrestling match of the night, the awesomest, which it was to a point. Uh, then you had the I guess, eye for an eye match, then you had the swamp match, which are all both kind of ended on a flat note. Uh, and so did the, the final three matches all ended pretty flat. And then the, so the overall feeling is, yeah, pay-per-view was flat, it was essentially a setup pay pay-per-view, and there for me, give it a C. Because again, there was some good stuff in there. It's just a lot of flat endings and crap, and a lot of stuff I'm just not going to remember. As I said, like Dolph and Drew McIntyre was fine. I'm just not going to remember it. <laughs> like if you ask me to give you the WWE Championship matches on a pay-per-view and you go back, it like you have to, and you make me go back through them pay-per-view by pay-per-view in reverse order. I bet you when I get to this show <laughs> in like a year's time, when I get to this show. I'd have to really think, if not, not have any idea at all what the match was. <laughs> because I just, it's one of those where it's fine, I just won't remember it. But there was some good on there. As I said, lo- love the tag team match. Really do like Banks and Bailey's dynamic. Uh, it Worked really well in the first match, but then in the later match, it's felt like it was the complete wrong point to end it. And yeah, uh, the uh, Rollins versus Mysterio, whatever momentum it had by them doing cool wrestling things in the middle, the ending kind of ripped away. <laughs> then the okay, yeah stupid situation with good wrestling and then the main event i just didn't get anything from again that's from somebody who generally enjoyed the funhouse house maybe i'm missing something maybe yeah it was never to have meant to have super symbolism or whatever uh, but it didn't feel like there's much to it so payview ends flat i give it a c I give it a it's fine it just fell flat and now it's four o'clock i bloody go to bed there's a bloody moth on my leg, get off! <laughs> so, uh, I felt like a really British way to get a moth off me. Anyway, that is me done for tonight. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at thedamimpic. You can follow Laws of Pain slash Wrestling Headlines on Twitter at Laws of Pain. Uh, go to Wrestling Headlines for all of your latest wrestling news. As I said already, Tito's got a column that immediately went up, and I've gone immediately live here as well. So you've got both ends. If you prefer reading, you've got him. If you prefer listening to an Englishman chat to a wall. You're weird, but you've also got me. Uh, I'll be back because I also review uh, I review Raw the next day every week, so it'll be midnight on a Tuesday. Uh, same with NXT the next night. I'll be live as far as I know. I'll be live midnight on Thursday. And the times could always shift, and it's gonna be a nice normal week because I've had Dominion, two of those shows, a prediction show, and now this. So I'm shattered. I'm do- I'm done for a bit. <laughs> I'm happy just to do Raw NXT. With very little effort, just go in and enjoy it and then come out again. (laughs) It'd be quite nice. Also, to say goodbye to this colour scheme. Luminous purple, luminous green and bright red. (laughs) You're not giving me much to work with here, WWE. (laughs) That colour scheme is... That's another thing where, for such an outlandish colour scheme to deliver such an average (laughs) pay-per-view, if you go with a colour scheme like that, you bloody go balls to the walls. (laughs) Which I guess they kind of did in some sense. It was just not the right kind. Ugh. Anyway. Thank you for listening to this. I'll be back. I think the... You now I think I've tried to remember in terms of time-wise what will be the first show on Laws of Pain Radio. But on Laws of Pain Radio, we've also got stuff as well on the podcast version. There's a link to the uh, LLP Radio podcast on Red Circle. You can also donate there on Red Circle to LLP Radio to help us keep going. Uh, pretty certain was, if you just go to the podcast on any one of the shows there'll be a button that says donate to this podcast and of course that helps us continue to do whatever we want to same with liking subscribing belling <laughs> it's a verb for it uh whatever here on youtube uh just watching the videos with ad blocker off <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm still i'm so new to this youtube stuff uh, i will be here on tuesday for the raw review thank you for watching what did you think hit me up on twitter at the domain for cat with that i say thank you for listening to this Again, hit me up with what you thought about the horror show and Extreme Rules. Uh, Did you enjoy it way more? Did you hate it way more? (laughs) What did you think of the main event? What did you think of the eye? (laughs) Uh, With that, thank you for watching, and I bid you adieu. Adios.